Live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios, this is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. We, the people, Congress shall make no law. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is Bullet Points 2A Talk Radio, brought to you by the United States Gun Club. And now, your host, Tony Ashcraft. If you guys have listened to this show for more than about 30 seconds, you know that we are big on legislation here, uh, both pro-gun legislation and anti-gun legislation. Uh, The unfortunate thing is, anti-gun legislation is mostly what we see and uh we expect it you know we've got a democratically controlled house so it's no surprise that um that these things are are coming through at a fast and furious pace but um one of the things that that we could you know let me put it this way if this show were not pro second amendment if it were anti-gun uh we could do this show in about 45 seconds, including a 30-second commercial. <laughs> and it would go something like this. Uh, 40,000 gun deaths a year from gun violence, universal background checks, gun show loophole, common sense gun laws, magazine capacity restrictions, and military-style assault weapons ban. That'd be it. That's it. Yep. Those things are what we hear over and over and over again. And, and Brooks and I have actually kind of made fun of it here because – you know, when there's a new bill in the House or some kind of legislation, some kind of crazy thing that, that uh, you know, states are doing, uh, we bring it to you and we read it and we go through it so that you know, um, you know, all the details of it. But they all have that in common. Oh, I forgot to throw in barrel shroud. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they just have the same thing over and over and over again. And so let's let's play a little bit of a game because I want to want to kind of parse this out for you guys. So we mentioned universal background checks and gun, gun show loophole, which are essentially the same thing. They don't want you going to a gun show and making a deal with a with a, a private individual for a private transaction. So I think in these folks' heads that they think that that's all that happens there. Uh, magazine capacity restrictions, we're going to talk about that. The uh, assault weapons ban, let's get rid of military-style assault weapons, whatever the hell that is. Let's take the role of the criminal for a second. Let's take the role of the bad guy. So if all these laws were in place, let's say that universal background checks were a thing right now in all 50 states. Assault weapons ban is a thing in all 50 states. 10-round magazine capacity is a thing in all 50 states. It's law right now. Let's look at it from the criminal's point of view. So I'm the criminal, and I'm thinking about committing a crime because Mm -hmm. that's what I do. Right. Uh, Therefore, the term criminal. Criminal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Universal background check. i got to do a universal background check before I can get a gun. I know I can't pass it because guess what? I'm a criminal. Yeah. So I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to engage in it. So where am I going to get a gun from? I'm going to get a gun from somebody that's stolen one. I'm going to buy one off the streets. I'm going to go steal one myself. I'm going to pay somebody money that can pass a background check to go and get it. And by the way, all three of those things are illegal. I'm not supposed to have a gun to begin with because I'm a criminal. I cannot pass a background check. Therefore, I should not possess a firearm. That's not going to stop me. Having a law that says I have to go and take a background check is not going to stop me. Asking somebody who can pass a background check to make a straw purchase for me so that I can be in possession of an illegal firearm is not going to stop me. Your universal background check law 
does does not work. Also illegal. Right. It's not gonna it's not gonna happen because again, as a criminal, I'm not supposed to have a gun to begin with. So right. I'm not even gonna engage in the law. You can stack all these laws up in front of me as the criminal that you want to. Also, let's look at uh, magazine capacity is another one. I, this is the you know I can see. A, a, a legislator, a lawmaker's attempt at the universal background check thing. I can see from, I don't think it's going to work, but I can see from their standpoint, I can acknowledge that, okay, I, I get it. I see what you're, I see what you're getting at. I see right. where you're coming from. Right. The magazine capacity thing makes no sense to me whatsoever. Because again, let's take the role of the criminal. Okay. I've got this firearm that I'm not supposed to have that I got because I didn't pass a background check that I had somebody else get or had somebody else steal or I paid somebody, whatever. I've still got it. So I've committed all kinds of felonies just getting the gun in my hand. Mm-hmm. I've already I've already done it. And and now you think the criminal is going to go, well, see, I've got this Glock and it's got a see, I got this 15 round magazine in it. And I was going to do a drive by. I was going to do an armed robbery or I was going to rip off a drug dealer. But 15 round magazine. Man, I hate to break that law. Let me take this magazine out and go turn it in at the police station and go get me a 10-rounder before I commit my crime. No, 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 no. He's not going to do that. No. He is not going to do that. I guarantee you, if he doesn't care about an illegal possession of a firearm, he sure as hell don't care about how many rounds his magazine holds. He's not thinking about that at all. He's not going to think about it. That's not going to stop him. We can apply the same logic to the assault weapons ban. If assault weapons are illegal today... And they're not going to manufacture any, any anymore. You can't buy them anymore. What's going to happen? The value is going to go up in them. Street value is going yep. to go up in them. More people are going to steal them because more mm-hmm. criminals are going to want them. And again, they're not supposed to have guns. It, it, it doesn't matter if it's an assault weapon or not. If it's a bad guy with an assault weapon, he's not supposed to have that weapon because he is legally prohibited from possessing that weapon, whether it's an assault weapon or not. If it's a two-shot 22 Derringer, he's not supposed to have it. If it's a Glock, he's not supposed to have it. If it's a revolver, he's not supposed to have it. If it's a shotgun, not supposed to have it. If it's a bolt-action hunting rifle, he's not supposed to have it. None of them. It doesn't matter what the firearm is. If a criminal is prohibited from having the weapon, then that's it. Stacking more laws in front of somebody that's already breaking the law does not help. So who does this put the burden on? It puts the burden on you. It puts the burden on me and on Brooks because... If these laws come into effect, the only people that are going to follow them is guys like us that, that's right. that follow that's the right. law. We're not going to want to, but no. we're going to do it. If that's what the law if that's what the law is, that's what the law is. We're going to fight it. You know, if we have to, we have to, because we are law-abiding citizens. Criminals are not. And, and that's just it. You, when you stack these laws up, you know, you're, really, you're really damaging the good guys. You're not, you're not damaging the bad guys. So I know that um, you know, when I think about these legislators putting this stuff together, putting these things forward, I think some of them truly do not understand guns and, yeah. you know, they, they, they don't. And you can tell by some of the language, it's just, sure. just nuts. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. We, we laugh about it a lot because, and this is, these are elected officials that are writing this stuff. This is it's not. supposed to be smart people. Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's not like Brooks and I are writing this stuff, you know. <laughs> it's just supposed to be smart people, you know. Man, some of it defies logic. And I know some of it is done for political favor. Some of it is done to toe the party line. Mm-hmm. But, I, and I think some of these people. Uh, they believe it. I mean, they, it's it's an ignorant belief because they don't have all their their facts straight. And I'm all about, you know, universal background checks. I will say, uh, I'm not for it. 
But again, I can see the argument. Somebody making that argument, that makes sense to me. The other things just, they, they just don't. So, and, and I know that uh, the mantra is, well, if we put all these laws into place, we're going to stop people from acting badly with the weapon. No, you're not. Because again, those people aren't following the law to begin with. When it comes to stopping a bad guy with a gun, we know the solution here, and that is what? It's a good guy with a gun. That is exactly right. It's a good guy with a gun. That's not a mystery to anybody listening, no. I don't think. But but still, you know, a bad guy with a gun versus good guy with a gun, hey, it's there. And, uh, you know, last week I had uh, Rod Gates from the Gun Cleaners was on here. Uh, he and I were talking after the show about, you know, concealed carry and how – uh, concealed carry specifically uh, deterred crime. And there's really no way to quantify how that happens because, uh, you know, we can track the number of homicides, we can track the number of assaults, we can track armed robbery, we can track theft because all of those things are reported. Right. So we use reported statistics to the FBI, to the local police departments, and we can see that. We can take a snapshot of that. But we are never going to know if a criminal decided not to commit a crime because he was in fear that somebody in the vicinity was armed or that the person that he was thinking about, uh, that the, his potential victim uh, might be armed. You know, if you see somebody, you know, a mom loading up some, and I'm picking on moms, but if you pick, you know, a mom with groceries and, you know, they're trying to get the, their, their kid in the car and get him in the car seat and they're, they're fumbling around and cell phones ringing and, you know, chaos is going on. If the criminal is looking at that person and thinking, hey, I think I'm going to snatch that purse yeah. real quick because that gal's not paying attention and sees, you know, maybe me or you or somebody walking in the vicinity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Texas is a uh, Texas is concealed carry and open carry, but, you know, might catch the imprint of yeah. the Glock hanging out of the pants there and decide, well, not maybe not. It. Maybe not that girl. Maybe not today. Yeah. Because that guy's probably going to shoot at me. Yeah. Uh, we would never know that. I'll, I'll never know that. The potential victim would never know that because that guy is not going to go to the cops and go, hey, listen, I was going to rob this girl, but that was a redneck with a gun out there and I decided not to. (laughs) That's not reportable. So we don't know. We can't quantify that. But I guarantee you it makes a difference. So so this whole discussion, this whole premise of good guy with a gun got me thinking, are there really is there really anything out there? Is there really any? Statistical analysis is difficult, as I think that would that might be. But I'm not the I'm not the smartest guy here, maybe in this room. But ah. uh, no. But so I stumbled across an article by Jacob Paulson, and Jacob Paulson writes for ConcealedCarry.com. I encourage you guys to go read this article in its entirety. I'm gonna uh, some bullet points ah. from the article. See what I did there, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm gonna draw some uh, some points from this article. But it, it is a. I will tell you before you get over there, it's a long read and it's full of a lot of statistics, a lot of graphs. If you're like me, you like to geek out on numbers, uh, statistical analysis is uh, is something I really like. I really like to see a bunch of numbers. But this is uh, man, when you got. 15 minutes to sit down and read this thing. I mean, it's long, but it is a great read. It is really, really a great read. Uh, one of the things Paulson uh, touches on, uh, or one of the things that comes from this article, is when we talk about mass shootings are the big deal. That's always the darling of the media because, you know, we can have 20 individual killings in a day, but a, one mass shooting of four people gets news for a week. Yeah. And that's 
that's just the way it is, man. That's how that's the the currency in which media trades when it comes to these things. So it found that, and this may have come as no surprise to anyone listening, is that mass shootings or active shooter incidents, ninety eight percent of the time, take place in a gun free zone. Bingo. Think about that. That's almost all. Ninety eight percent. That's almost all of them. Yeah. Uh, in a gun free zone. If we look at those um, and, and see now, these are these are statistics that uh, that come from the FBI. This is not, you know, again, this is not like blogger statistics or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that, that people are just pulling out of the air. This is straight from the FBI uh, in active shooter incidents. Now, I want to I want to let you guys know that the FBI defines uh, an active shooter as what, Brooks? So an active shooter situation in an incident is uh, <clears throat> defined if law enforcement and so both law enforcement and citizens have the potential to affect the outcome of an event based on their response of the situation. Right. And uh, so an active shooter it is which uh, uh, one or more shooters could take the life of an individual or individuals in a public place. Yep. So these are school shootings, shooting at a mall, synagogue, church, <clears throat> you know, whatever. Now, these statistics do not include domestic shootings or gang violence so that's important because gang violence is usually you know i mean that's what chicago's problem is by and large is in these can it can kind of skew statistics but i think as a better snapshot of of what an active shooter incident is uh, we have to look at it you know through the lens of um you know without gang violence uh coming in so there are three separate reports that the fbi issued spanning from the year 2000 until 2017 this covered 283 active shooter incidents now of these 283 active shooter incidents there was an armed citizen or citizens at 11.7 percent of active shooters so 11.7 percent of these 283 um there was an active or or, uh, an armed citizen or citizens there so that's a pretty small number but again gun-free zones so it's it's sort of sort of what you would expect now um of these 75.8 percent of the time uh the shooter was was stopped 18.2 percent of the time the crime was impeded so slowed down uh, so that's those are big numbers by the citizens yeah by the citizens not not by the not by the police right so what that says, if we take those two numbers and add them together, so of these, of these incidents, these active shooter incidents, so I'll try to encapsulate this for you right quick. Uh, of these 283 active, 286, whatever it was, uh, active shooter incidents, 11.7% of the time when, when armed citizen or citizens are there, a total of 94% of the time the shooter was impeded or stopped. Wow. 94% of the time. Look, I'll take those odds. Absolutely. I will take those odds any day of the week. 94%, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. That's damn near every time. Armed citizens Yep, are the way to go. Uh, absolutely. Good guy with a gun versus bad guy with that's a right. gun. Good guy with a gun is winning. So there is a counter argument to this thing that says that, well, if we got a bunch of people running around with guns, it's going to be the wild, wild west. People are going to start shooting and other people are going to get hurt. This might well. This didn't surprise me actually. So from 2000 to 2017, in all these that I mentioned, uh, all these incidences, uh, all these people with guns, all these active shooters, all these armed citizens, and all these things, the number of people, innocent bystanders, accidentally shot, 
killed and or shot and wounded totals zero. None. Zero. Hmm. No. Zero. Yeah, none. Zilch. That is 100%. Wow. Also, those odds, I'll take that as well. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, that's a again, man. You guys go check this article out. I don't want to belabor it too much because it's it's difficult to to talk about too many things that are statistical on the on the radio because it's you kind of lose track of it. But the article is a great read. That is at concealedcarry.com. Check it out. Hey, here's another uh, quick stat for you. Uh, there's a guy at Florida State University. He's a criminologist. His name is. Gary Kleck. Now, Kleck is a liberal Democrat and a lifelong member of the ACLU. And he did a study that found that uh, armed citizens make a difference on average 2.2 to 2.5 million times a year nationwide. Now, I don't have any details of the study. Certainly for somebody that's presumably anti-gun, yeah. You know, just given his his political uh, standing, two point two two point five million. That's, that's so. If we took the guns out of the hands of the good or guns out of the hands of the good guys, you have a two point two million to two point two five million chance potential of, right of, crimes. Yeah, potential yeah. crimes out there. That's right. That's that. Yeah, that's that's right on the nose. Right on the nose. Uh, speaking of things that are criminal and uh, <laughs> twenty twenty candidates. Uh, Eric Swalwell, who is a, uh, a 2020 presidential candidate, is one of the few candidates that just comes out and says, you know what, man, uh, we need to get rid of AR-15s just straight up. And recently, Swalwell wrote an article, uh, an op-ed in the USA Today, and uh, I'll play a clip from it here. Congressman Eric Swalwell, a Democrat from the San Francisco Bay Area, has a solution for gun violence. He's writing this in an op-ed. He says, quote, we should ban possession of military-style semi-automatic assault weapons. We should buy back such weapons from all those who choose to abide by the law. And we should criminally prosecute any who choose to defy it by keeping their weapons. So Swalwell says, nah, it's not confiscation. But listen to that last part again. And we should criminally prosecute any who choose to defy it by keeping their weapons. Mm. Mm. So you don't give up your AR-15, your assault weapon, and the popo going to come get you. But it's not confiscation. It's not confiscation. No, of course not, Eric Swalwell. <laughs> I guess props to Swalwell for not... Yeah, he's he's out there. I mean, there's no question about where he's at. He's, yeah. sort, of the, he's sort of the Bernie Sanders of anti-gun. But listen, he's not the only Democrat uh, 2020 presidential candidate that, that has a stance but like this. I would imagine that, that most of them do. But he's one of, the, one of the only ones, I think, to come out uh, outright and say, hey, this is where I'm at. So uh, can't fault the guy for being honest, I guess. Uh, but, uh, uh, but the principal is, is missing me a little bit. Bullet Points, 2A Talk Radio. A Bullet Points media property.